You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Lamp, or this is a, uh, a candelabra of sorts, what do I call the thing? A, uh, a lighting fixture, which has in it uh, places for seven bulbs. Now, the question is going to be, as we'll see in this uh, first Gemara, they, uh, the menorah in the Beis Hamikdash also had seven branches, seven places where there would be lights. And the question is, is this type of candelabra, if you are a manufacturer, are you allowed to go ahead and manufacture it? And then we'll see also whether or not you're allowed to own it, whether allowed to, you're, you're allowed to purchase it and hang it, let's say, in your dining room or something of the sort. So what's the basis of this question over here? So for this, we begin with the, uh, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. It appears elsewhere in Shas, but we're just going to grab the Rosh Hashanah version of it. So the Gemara says as follows, Kiddetanya, starting from right here, as the Brisa teaches, Lo yasa adam bayis tavnis hechal. So a person isn't allowed to go ahead and uh, construct their house. This is the gift for somebody who has everything. So they say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and build my house. I'm going to build a vacation home, which is the exact dimensions of the hechal of the sanctuary of the Besamekdash. Achsadra tavnis ulam. Nor could you go ahead and build, let's say, a porch, which is in the shape or the dimensions of the ulam. Chatzar keneged azara, your yard, which is going to have the same dimensions as the azara. Shulchan keneged shulchan, to construct a table the same as the shulchan of the Besamekdash. The one which we want over here is menorah, keneged menorah. So to go ahead and construct a menorah, some sort of lighting fixture or candelabrum, which resembles the menorah of the Besamitosh, that is Asr. Okay, Kavaldi. So, so far, it doesn't seem that we're going to run into much of a problem with that picture, with that uh, that lamp, which is uh, at the top of the page. But the Brisa the says, v'shoshmona. You're allowed to go ahead and make uh, a lighting fixture, which has five branches, six branches, or eight branches, but but if it's a seven-branch candelabra, that you're not allowed to make. Even if it's made of other metals, even if it's not gold, it's not even silver. It may be made of, uh, of steel or something like that. So the Bryce says you're not allowed to go ahead and make a seven-branch lighting fixture of any metal whatsoever. Rabbi Yosef Rebuda says, I, can, I hear your chumrah, and I raise you one, says not only are the metals going to be aser, but afshel eitz lo yase. You're not even allowed to go ahead and make a lighting fixture with seven branches that's made of wood. And this is the connection with tonight. Which is what the chashmonoim went ahead and they manufactured. They constructed following the Hanukkah story when they were clearing out the Beis and whatnot. So at some point, and the Gemara goes on over here, really, will tell us a little bit more, but Rabbi Yosef Rebuda says that there was a period of time where even in the Beis Hamikdash, they used a wooden menorah, and being that it was good enough for the Beis Hamikdash at some point in history, therefore it qualifies as a menorah, and you're not allowed to construct one in your home either. So not only of the metals is Aser, but even wood. Amrlo, to which the Chachamim say back to Rabbi Yosef Rebuda, Misham Raya, you're bringing us a, a, a proof from this incident of the Chashmonaim and the menorah which they built. You misunderstood all, altogether. You're looking at a still picture over there. And you're trying to draw all sorts of conclusions. Shvudim shel barzal hayu. 
they, that menorah which you're referring to, they say to Rabbi Yosef Rebuda, it was really a menorah, Shvuda means that it was bars, which were made of iron. It was an iron menorah. V'chipum bebats, and they went ahead and they covered it, we'll say with tin or something like that. It's not clear exactly what bots is, but they covered it with a, another metal which resembled wood. So when you're looking at that old black and white uh, photo, which you have in your, uh, in your, uh, your, uh, your photo album, so it may look like wood to you, but it really wasn't wood, it was really metal. And therefore they reject Rabbi Yosef Rebuda's Chumrah, that you can't even make a seven branch wooden menorah, and Heishiru, and now the rest of the history is, once they went ahead and they, uh, they had their first fundraising drive, Shokhasef, so they switched over from the iron with t- uh, the in tin-coated menorah. They switched over to silver, Chazu Heshiru, and then by the second year of their, uh, their uh, fundraising campaign, so Asum Shalzav, so they eventually made it back, and they got themselves a gold one once again. But this, this says the Gemara, this is the, the starting point of our, our, of our discussion over here, that there's a restriction against making a menorah which resembles the Beis HaMikdash menorah. And so far, all we know is there's something which is related to the seven branches as opposed to five, six, or eight. And there's also going to be something which is going to be metal, even if it's not gold, but putting aside Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Huda's opinion, which, which we don't follow even as a Chumrah, but even if it's made of other metals, it's going to be problematic. Okay, so now the question which we need to explore. <clears throat> is there a problem with electric lights as opposed to the candles that they had in the Beis Amigdash? Is that considered similar enough that, um, that we worry about this? I mean... So I, I'm, I'm still in the time of Chazal and you're already 20th century. <laughs> so what? give me a little bit of time to uh, to go through the, uh, the the sources, and as we go through the sources uh, through the Rishonim, so then we'll see we'll get we'll eventually get back to your uh, your question. But your question is very much uh, uh, on target. If I if I answer your question now, so the show would be done, okay. <laughs> and I get paid by the minute, so I'm going to keep you here for a while. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so, but now the, the essential question which we need to explore in terms of the Rishonim in the Poskim, and then through Shulchan Aruch, is our first step is, what exactly is the functional meaning of the term resembling the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash? So how much does it have to resemble, and how dissimilar can the, could the lighting fixture which you manufacture be and yet be similar enough to the menorah of the Beis Amitosh, where it would still be problematic. So like that, that fixture at the top over there is definitely a place for seven different lights, but surely it doesn't look at all, if you looked at that, other than the number seven, you wouldn't think it resembles the, uh, the menorah of the Beis Amitosh at all. So, but the question is, what is the, our functional definition? What is our working definition of resembling where we say menorah, then the, the, uh, the uh, highlighted uh, uh, words, menorah, kinegin, menorah. So what exactly does that mean on a practical basis? Okay, so there's a number of Rishonim that we could turn to who comment on this, but we'll just go with the, uh, the Me'iri uh, as, a, as, a, as a simple, straightforward commentary. So he says, uh, in this on the Gemara there in Rosh Hashanah, Beis HaMikdash V'Kelev Asur L'Adam Lasos Kemosam, I should have underlined this also. That you're not allowed to go ahead and make either the structure or uh, of, the, uh, of the building itself 
or even manufacture one of the utensils of the Beis Amitish, one of the Kalim of the Beis Amitish, unless you deviate slightly from the way that it actually appeared in the Beis Amitish. Skipping some, uh, some in the middle there. But in the event that you went ahead and you man- manufactured it, I think a literal reading would be even slightly, a slight deviation from what it looked like in the Beis Amitish. You went ahead and you made a menorah. And this may look exactly like the Beis Amitash menorah, other than rather than making it seven, you made it five. So you could have a central stem in two going out in each direction rather than three. Or you went ahead and you made eight, so there's no middle stem. Mutter. So that is going to be permitted. And this is going to be true of all of the kalim of the Vesemitosh and all of the structures. Avabas Shiva, but in the event that you make a seven branch lighting fixture or candelabrum, Loyasa, you're not allowed to manufacture it. Afilo Shal Atachos, even if you go ahead and you make it of another metal, even if it's made of silver, if it's made of aluminum, it's made of steel, whatever metal you're going to go ahead and manufacture, if it's seven branches, that's going to be problematic. Uh, and if you make it from wood, being that that's a different category of material altogether, it's not even in the metal family, it's a different thing altogether. So then, so then it's going to be permitted even if it's seven. So from the Miri, it would seem to be that you may run into a problem if it's made of metal and it's seven, but if you go ahead and you deviate uh, uh, slightly from that, uh, so then that should be uh, that, that should be okay. So let's say, for example, the menorah of the Beis Amikdash had on it, if you remember those psukim, it had on it flowers and knobs or buttons and it had all sorts of little, uh, little cups over there. Art, what, what are the three uh, words which, uh, which the psukim use? Kaftoreha ufracheha. Kaftoreha ufracheha. Okay. So, so you have all sorts of things. So let's say you make a, a menorah or a lighting fixture similar to the one on the top of the page. So it's got seven branches and there are seven places for the, uh, for the bulbs to go, putting aside the electricity for now uh, art. And it's made of metal. But other than that, it doesn't really resemble. Nobody would, would once, again, once again, nobody would go ahead and, and connect that lighting fixture with the menorah of the Beis Amikdash. Nobody would look at that and say, hmm, that reminds me of the menorah of the Beis Amikdash. That would, not, uh, that would, that would likely not occur. So it may be that if we take the, uh, the um, Me'iri uh, for what he says, so as long as it doesn't look like the menorah of the Beis Amikdash, that should be okay. Now he gets now, very specific, though. He says, Un- unless you deviate a little bit, but then he gets specific of what that little bit means. No, he, he says kegon means for example. So it, it, that's just one example. Yeah, Tzach, your point is, is, is taken well, that the, the, the difference between seven branches and let's say six branches or eight branches uh, would seem to be a pretty fundamental change. It's not like a little deviation. A little deviation, we may have said, you leave out one of the kaftorim or the prachim. So rather than having the number which are mandated by the Torah, so you go ahead and you leave uh, you leave those out. Um, so yes, there there is what to discuss over there. That's why I said I was just taking a, the the easiest and the the the, okay. the one which I was able to access the quickest as the one who holds this leaning into opinion, uh, who says that a slight deviation is already enough to uh, to make it mutter. 
But you're right. If we wanted to go ahead and uh, if we were in the base medish and we were arguing about this, so uh, I wouldn't have a good defense uh, to what you what you said so far. Okay. Now we have the Maharik. Maharik is also one of the Rishonim. So he says it's in the midst of a a, a, a discussion which he has, but he says hadin. He said, let's uh, refocus ourselves once again on the halacha under discussion, and that is the pshita so one of the things about the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash is that it was 18 Tfachim high. So says the Maharik, it's Pashat. It's obvious to him that it's going to be ushered to manufacture a seven-branched menorah, even if it doesn't have the height of the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash. So once again, the wrong height seemingly is a slight deviation. If it's 15 Tfachim or if it's 25 Tfachim, that would seem to be a deviation. But he says that that's not really going to make a difference. Why does that height differential, why does that not make a difference? Why is that not grounds for leniency? So the Marik explains, the pshita, because once he also says it's pashat, it's obvious. He says, because in the Beis HaMikdash itself, it wasn't essential, it wasn't ma'akev, that the menorah be 18 tfachim high. That was the preferred height. But if you go ahead and you measure it, and it turns out that they made it 17 tfachim high one time, or they made it 19 tfachim high another time. So as long as it's, uh, it, that, that's not going to make a difference. That's not going to disqualify the menorah. The gova ain't a cuss of cloud. And he says, the reason why we know that this is true is because the Torah doesn't mandate how high the menorah has to be, how tall it's going to be. So being that it's not mentioned in the Torah explicitly, so therefore it's not something which is ma'akev. And therefore the, uh, the Marik says that even though you may have a significant deviation, you could go from the, uh, the floor version, which is 18 tfachim high, to the table version of the menorah, which we'll say is 18 inches high or something, uh, something like that. But nonetheless, that's still going to be a, a, acceptable as far, that still would be encompassed by the Isser, I should say. It's still going to be part of the, uh, the prohibition against making the menorah because the height is not something which is essential. So the way the postgame understand the Marik is that if you make a, a, a menorah, if you manufacture privately a menorah, which Bidiyeved would work in the Beis HaMikdash, then it's Aser. So it doesn't have to be the Lechatchila menorah which is going to be the Isser, that may be the Me'iri's opinion, the Marik has a broader Isser that anything which even Bidiyavid would work in the Beis HaMikdash, so then that is going to be encompassed by this prohibition and you're not allowed to ma- manufacture it. So now, no, I, Marik, I, I, I don't think the Me'iri and the Marik... One second. So from the Marik, <coughs> not only be that you could use any metal would be included in the Isser, but even any height would be included in the Isser. And if we were to conclude that other uh, uh, characteristics of the Beis HaMikdash menorah are not essential, they're not ma'akev in it being a, a, a kosher menorah, so then that also would uh, therefore be subject to this prohibition. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I don't think that the Meiri and the Maharik are arguing against each other. They're, they're making two separate points. So you, you can accept that, um, that the Isser is against any menorah that might be bedieved kosher. And then the Meiri is saying, okay, but if you change it a little bit so that it's not bedieved kosher, then it's okay, even if it's only a small change. Okay, okay, I, 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 I could hear that. 
I can, uh, the post can see it as, as, as a disagreement. But yes, I, I can hear, uh, as I said to Tzach, uh, if we were sitting in the base of Medish and we were arguing about this, uh, I, I don't know if just from what the, I presented to you over here, I'd be able to demonstrate that there's a machologis. You could say the shina behem ma'at may mean enough that it's not even good b'diyavid. That would seem to be a dramatic change that has to be that it's not good b'diyavid, but, uh, but okay. Okay, now let us see. Now, in order to see the third opinion, which is going to be the most stringent opinion, so the third opinion really comes after Shulchan Aruch. So this is, uh, you know, uh, chronologically, usually we like to look at all three, uh, you know, if there was were three Rishonim or something like this, all arguing with one another. So that would be ideal. But over here, this third opinion, which is a stringent opinion, uh, which is the one that we would have to be most concerned about because the, that was going to ex- have the most broad definition of, this, uh, this pro- uh, of the prohibition. So, but it comes after the time of Shulchan Aruch. So let's see now how Shulchan Aruch goes ahead and formulates this halacha. And then from there, we'll see uh, how the Shach reads the uh, Shulchan Aruch, and then how uh, other sources subsequently see it uh, as well. Uh, it's really called the, the Bechor Shor. Not that you would need to know the name of that, but let's see. So Shulchan Aruch says as follows. This is in Yerodeya, Kuf Mem Aleph Sif Ches. So it's the overall section, as you see over here, the Hilchos Avodos Kochavim, but that's a broad title for all sorts of things which, uh, which you should not do. Okay. So says the uh, Shulchan Aruch, Lo bayis, tavnis heichal, that one should not go ahead and construct their home in the dimensions of the heichal, kishir gavo v'arko v'rochbo, meaning height, length, and width. Achsadra, you shouldn't make your porch. Also, tavnis ulam, with the same dimensions of the ulam, height, length, and width. Chatzor tavnis azara, or your yard like the azara. Shulchan Tavnis Shulchan, or the Shulchan in the uh, the shape of the Shulchan of the base of Mikdash, and now comes the part which we want, Menorah Tavnis Menorah. So also there's a restriction against making a Menorah in the basic shape of the Menorah, of the base of Mikdash. But if you want to make a candelabra or a lighting fixture that has five, six, or eight branches, that's fine. But a seven-branch candelabra or perhaps lighting fixture, you're not allowed to manufacture. Even if it's made of the other metals, even if it's not gold, if it's silver or steel or aluminum or something like that. Tin. And here the Shulchan Aruch says, even if it doesn't have the decorative, decorative characteristics of the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash, so even that is going to be Aser. Even if it's not eighteen tefachim tall, so suddenly Shulchan Aruch is telling us that it, that if you make a menorah, we're going to use that term broadly now. But if you make a menorah of any metal, of any height, and even if it doesn't have any of the decorative pieces which were characteristic of the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash, you have violated this iser. Question. The Torah yep. says that these uh, flowers and, and knobs, how can they come along with that kind of uh, discussion? Okay, so excellent. So before I get to you, Art, one second. So the Shach says, on this line, which Shulchan Aruch added, which we hadn't seen previously, that the knobs and the flowers and whatnot are, uh, are also not, uh, a, 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 are not um, necessary to violate the Yisr. So the Shach says, the uh, uh, sorry, 
because the knobs and the flowers and whatnot, the decorative parts of the menorah, are not essential for the menorah to be kosher. Because Bidiyevet, I probably should have underlined this, so I will now, that the menorah of the Beis Amikdash would also be acceptable, would be usable without these various knobs and flowers. And the same thing is going to be true if it's not 18 Tvachim high, is also not essential. So you could have uh, a, a very not artistic uh, metal menorah with seven branches to it, regardless of its height. And Shulchan Aruch says, uh, of the way the Shach understands it, you've already violated the Yisr. How does he get that? Where does he get that? The Torah says you have to have it. He says you don't have to have it. Where does he get that? Yeah, he, he doesn't explain why. I don't remember now if that's something which, uh, I mean, here, it, it, he doesn't say where that comes from. Um, um, and I didn't include all of the, uh, the Bechor Shor who disagrees with the, uh, the Shah. Um, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember if he was basing this on the Gemara, which, uh, which says it does somewhere that the, the Kaftorim and the Prachim are something which are, are Kaftorim and the Gevim, Kaftorim and Prachim are not essential or, uh, or not. That it, it may have so, been from a, a Tosso somewhere. Now I have it in front of me. So the Shach answered my question, but, um, but I, I'm surprised at the answer. I mean, it, it's, it's easy to understand why the height is not Miyakev because the height's not specified in the Torah. But right. the, uh, the, the decorations are specified in the Torah. It's, it's hard right. to imagine why it's still kosher without them. Well, the, uh, the, the, the Torah mentions gold, right? And we expanded our definition from gold to, uh, to any metal. Uh, the Torah also says, uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, it says, Mikshachas. Mikshachat, yeah. Sorry. So it also says it has to be manufactured from a single piece of, of gold, fashioned from a single piece of gold. Here, it would seem to be that if you go ahead and you do some welding and you make your metal menorah uh, wet with welded pieces, they also be okay. Okay. So there are things which, you know, even though it's mentioned in the Torah, may be ma'akev and some things which are, which are not. So clearly the shach is holding that way. Yeah, but there may be things which are mentioned. The, the, the explanation which the, uh, the ma'arik gave, that since it's not mentioned in the Torah, therefore that's what makes it not ma'akev. So the shach is saying that you can have even things which are mentioned in the Torah, which also won't be ma'akev. Okay. If that's yes, the case, if that's the case, then why did Moshe have such a hard time understanding it and Hashem had to show him a vision of it, you know, uh, or that he, actually Hashem made it for him? Like, why would it be so tif- difficult if he didn't have to do all the particulars that are specified in the Torah? Yeah, so he, he may not have had to do so, but when you're manufacturing that first one, so you're going to make the prototype is going to be the one that's going to be the best everything will be off of that prototype. And he wanted to have a, a good functioning prototype, which would be, uh, you know, which, which has all of the uh, bells and whistles. Bells and whistles in Lashem Kodesh are going to be kafterim gevim v'prachim. But those are the bells or whistles which they're going to, to have on there. It's only required if it's gold. According to the Rambam. 
Yes, so that, 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 that's something which uh, I, I think the Bechor Shore mention, mentions that, that there may only be a requirement if you're making gold. Thank you for reminding me, Aaron. Beautiful. Uh, that, uh, that, that that may be only, uh, that's part of what the Bechor Shore argues. Uh, that uh, from, from, uh, from, the, uh, from the language of Shochanach, he's going to... I think he makes that argument. Very good. Uh, does that work for you, Mel? Did you say yes? You, you nodded yes? Don't know yet. Don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> you, you can hold off. You don't have to commit yet. I'll give you a little bit of time before you commit. Okay. So this, so this is, so that's, so that's the way the Shach goes at and reads Shochanar. Now the Bechor Shor, so he comes along and he says, he comes along and he is going to be what is uh, the, uh, I don't mean to, uh, to spoil it, but he's going to present the most stringent opinion, meaning the most broad definition of this, uh, of this uh, prohibition. And he says, He says, there's this new thing that they are, the, the new generation is, uh, is doing. And uh, that they're making things which resemble this. I think it was actually taking place. It may have been taking place in shuls, but he says that they're making these things which look like the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash, b'shinui amidas hakanim. In all, the only deviation which they're doing is they're changing the configuration of the seven branches. Let's say, dehainu. In other words, shosim zayin kanim. They're making uh, menorahs which have six branches. Vav mehem mamidim bidmus eagle, and six of them, however, are in like a semicircle with one in the middle. So they've changed the shape a little bit. You've got six in sort of a like uh, you know a, a quarter moon, and then you've got one in the middle. Omishalosh, or you have three. Omeruba elu kineget elu vechabemsa, or let's say you have two rows of three, which are opposite one another, and then you've got one in the middle. So it's three one three. You know, all sorts of different types of configurations, and they're doing that uh, consciously and uh, with the intention to be different than the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash. And they figure if rather than having seven in a row, you do three one three, so that they're parallel to one another rather than in a row, so that that, that circumvents the Easter because it no longer looks like the menorah. Says the Bechor Shor, if you're going to ask me my opinion. I think that this should be protested. This is something which is a violation of the Daraisa. And it's not even like, okay, he makes a menorah his way and he wants to make it that way. The Bechor Shor says that this is a violation of the Daraisa and you have to protest. Vod Ani Omer, and then we're skipping uh, uh, some of his argument, but he says further, the Kosh Oset Zayin Kanim. He says, in my opinion, anytime you make a seven branched menorah, Afilu Chaser Ezedavar Hamaakev, Usser. Even if it's missing something which is essential to the to the kashras of the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash, even if it's missing that, it's Asr. He says, He says, this is evident if you read the Shochanach properly. Shukasav, he goes at and the, the part which is important for us is Aval Shel Shiva, but if you make a seven branch menorah, uh, uh, you're not allowed to make it even from the other metals. Even without all of the decorations. Even if it's not 18 tfachim high. 
Okay, so how does this prove the uh, the Bechor Shores point? He says, And being that the Shochanach doesn't differentiate, right? He says, uh, there's two steps. He says, first of all, even if it's not made of gold, even if it's made of the other metals. And then number two, he says, even if it doesn't have the decorations. And this goes back to your point, Aaron, from the Rambam. He says, And being that he doesn't differentiate, that he doesn't differentiate as far as the decorations are concerned, whether the menorah in question is made of gold or any one of the other metals. As Aaron told us, that in the event that you make the menorah out of gold, then the decorations are me'akev, they are essential. As opposed to if you make a menorah from one of the other metals, silver or iron or tin or aluminum, where the decorations are not ma'akev, are not going to be essential. So seemingly, Shulchan Aruch should have told us that being that the decorations are ma'akev, they are essential when you make a gold menorah. So Shulchan Aruch should have said, if you make a gold, a seven-branch gold menorah, but you'll leave out the decorations of the kaftorim, the gevim, and the parachim, that that would be okay. He should have told us that that's going to be permitted. And yet he didn't say so. He said, any metal is asr, even if you don't have any of the decorations. Alma, so what's the bottom line, says the Bechor Shor? It's clear, Shulchan Aruch says, the Bishel Zion If you have a seven-branch menorah, it's going to be asr no matter what, even if the manure which you manufacture is missing something which is essential to the kashrus of the menorah, you made it of gold, but it's missing the decorations, you still violated the Isser. So he's of the opinion that once you make a seven-branched menorah, it's going to be an Isser daraisa no matter what, whatever metal, whatever size, with decorations, without decorations, Gold, silver, bronze, it doesn't make a difference what it is, no matter what you violate the ISR. Does it have to be functional? Uh, functional as far as what? Being able to light. <laughs> um, so we, we will see that also. So you're, you're also there uh, together with, uh, with art at the, at, at the outset, uh, that what exactly is going to be, what, what, besides the materials in the appearance, uh, uh, if you make one, which is just completely decorative and it's non-functional at all, uh, would that violate the Isser also? So we're going to see uh, uh, a, a, a form of that as we as we get a little bit further. Is somebody else going to say something? I was going to Perceive, say uh, that the work of art, not, not the, what, what is a manure? Uh, right. Yes, good. Okay, beautiful. Now, so being that we have a stringency over here, uh, we have a, a wide range of opinions. So it, it, just to sort of uh, summarize, so the Me'iri, in the simple way that I wanted to, uh, to read it, although you could disagree with me, he says any deviation from the, even a slight deviation from the menorah of the Besamitesh is already permitted. Then you have the opinion of the Ma'arik, who again, the simple reading the way I would like to read it is that uh, if, you, if, the, if you violate the Yisr, if you, uh, if it uh, is close enough, if it resembles what would be even be the avid, a kosher menorah of the Beis Hamikdash, that as long as you have all of the essential uh, characteristics of the Beis Hamikdash menorah, you violated the Isser. 
And then you have the Bukhor Shur who says that even if you're missing components which are essential for the base Amikdash menorah to be kosher, you still violate the Yisr. Because having a seven-branched uh, metal candelabra, that already is enough to, uh, to cross the line. Okay, so we have three different opinions over here, uh, running a range from the most stringent to the most lenient and one which is in the middle over there. So now, before we go on, so what would you say? We're dealing with an Isidarais over here. So what position are we going to adopt when it comes to an uncertainty about an Isidaraisa? Strict. Strict, right? Very good. Suffolk Daraisa Lachumra. So seemingly we should, we should adopt the stringent view over here because we're dealing with a potential Isidaraisa. The Pischei Tshuva, uh, who appears on the page of Shulchan Aruch over there in Yeridea. So he says, so his opinion is that you could be lenient. Why? Because if you go ahead and you make the seven branches in a semicircle or in a circle of sorts, so that doesn't resemble the Besamitash menorah at all, where they were all lined up with one another. So if you go ahead and you make it a circle, so he's willing to be lenient like that. And then he says, now we're getting closer to your, to your point, Art, and to what you said, Steve. Let's say you have a candelabra which is designed for candles rather than velo al shemen. And it's not made for oil at all. The, the, the menorah of the Besamitish was fueled with oil. If you go ahead and you make a candle uh, menorah rather than an oil menorah, but it still has the same seven branches. So the Mishnah says that also is something which is going to be permitted. It's so di- it's so fundamentally different than the Beis Hamikdash menorah that it doesn't resemble it at all, and therefore even just based on function, that already is enough to say that the Yisr doesn't apply. Ayin Sham, and then the Pischei Tshuva says you can look further in the Mishnah Chachamim where his his discussion of it. But the Pischei Tshuva says, in my opinion, he says she'ein dvarav muchrachim says it's a nice svara, it's a nice suggested uh, explanation, but I don't see any of that as compelling. I don't see any of his arguments as compelling at all. And he's, he's being non-compelling in generating a leniency. And therefore says the Pesach Chuba, how could you go ahead and uh, formulate a leniency which is based on non-compelling arguments? And therefore says the Pesach uh, Chuba, I have no choice. Being that his arguments are not compelling at all, so we are going to have to adopt a stringent view as far as this is concerned, because we're dealing with an Isidaraisa. So the Pischei Tshuva's opinion is that it doesn't make a difference whether the menorah in question is fueled by oil or by candles. Either way, it's going to violate, it's, it's at least a suffix that it may violate the Isidaraisa. And it doesn't make a difference whether you have all seven lined up in a row, whether you have a configuration of three, three, and one, or two, two, and four, whatever that configure, or two, 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 and three, or um, it's like a, the plane configuration, how the seating is out there. So whether it's two, three, two, it doesn't make a difference how that configuration is going to work. If you've got seven branches there and it's going to, something is going to be burning, whether oil or, or wax, you violated the ISR. Okay, now let's see, uh, as we get now to the last uh, four sources, just counting up what they are. So the last four sources are all contemporary, uh, more contemporary. People that uh, who we all live during their lifetime. 
And now we'll see, so how the postgame of the 20th century and a little bit into the 21st century, how exactly they paskined uh, for these things. So first we'll begin with the Chavadas, or Vavad Yosef. And this is, as I told you uh, uh, last week, so these are the easier tshuvas of his, the ones from the, the radio shows. So he says as follows. He says, Kiyotzeb is a custom of Mishnas Chachamim, which the Pisrei Tshuva just referenced. So he writes, Lahatim shel shiva kanim, so he already permits making a menorah which is designed to hold candles rather than oil. Now, says Ravavadya, and this is again just you, you see the how uh, um, the how strong his we refer to his strong his shoulders were in matters of halacha. He says, even though the Pisrei Tshuva says that the arguments of the Mishnah's Chachami were not compelling at all. And therefore, in, in the opinion of the Pisrei Tshuva, we should adopt a stringent view, uh, being that it's a Daraisa. And therefore, we have to adopt a stringent opinion, being that we're dealing with a Daraisa. Uh, and he brings the Bechor Shor, Behevi Dive Bechor Shor, okay. Says Rav Avadya, Lemaisa, Nirasha Iker Lahatir. He says, in my opinion, really the halach is you can adopt a lenient position on this. Because the the, uh, the we use the term ner for a candle, but in the Gemara and in, in uh, uh, Torah terminology, ner is really the lamp which holds in it the oil which is going to burn. That's what they refer to as a ner. So he says, having a receptacle to hold oil at the top of the menorah. That's an essential element of the menorah. And absent that, you don't really have a menorah at all. And therefore, he says that it's not going to violate the Yisr. The Chematzasi says, I found other people go ahead and they say the same thing. Um, uh, also, because of and this Sefer uh, called uh, Shemo Yosef, Samo Yosef, I don't know which way you would pronounce it. But he says, because of by the underlying section, he says, even though the Pisrei Tshuva adopts a stringent view on this, nonetheless, the, uh, when it comes to weighing the strength of various poskim, it's much easier, and it's, much, it's a much greater demonstration of strength to adopt a lenient position. The easiest thing in halacha to do is, ah, just be machmer, kasher it, throw it away, whatever you're going to go ahead and say. It's easy to be machmer on things, but somebody who could come along and say, no, I hear why you're stringent, and I still hold that it's mutter, that shows much greater strength in, as, as far as halacha is concerned, halachic acumen. He says, if you look back, the Pisrei Tshuva disagreed with the Mishnah Shachamim, not because he had a compelling argument against the Mishas Chachamim, just because it didn't sit well with him. But that's not a, that's not a real argument. That's just now it just means that two people are saying aha, nah, aha, nah. So that's not an argument if they're just talking past one another. He says, and even the Bechor Shor's position, the most stringent position, where he said that even something which is essential to the menorah if it's absent in the one that you're making for yourself, it's still going to be asr, meaning that even if you make a gold menorah without any of the decorations, that that should also be asr, says this sefer, with all due respect, this is an enormous stringency, which they are rejecting. He 
He says, Sharei Mavur Abitshuvas Marik, which we saw, Shabadavar Shemaakev Menorah Yesh Lahater. There, if it, if the menorah which you manufacture, uh, it has something, or is missing something which is essential for the menorah to be kosher, so that is not going to be encompassed by the iser. And he says, Vizeb He says this is absolutely clear. There's no doubt about this matter whatsoever. If you manufacture even a seven-branch metal menorah in a way which cannot be used at all in the base of Mikdash, that has to be mutter. Okay, so that is the uh, the position that Ravavadya takes. He takes a lenient uh, position about this. The question, the original uh, um, um, lighting fixture where this question arose happens to be somebody who is farting. So for them, this is the end of the discussion. So uh, the, the Sephardim out there, you could go ahead and you could, uh, you know, you could exit the, the meeting now. Rav Avadya already said that these things are going to be okay. And therefore, there's no way that, Ed, that the, uh, the, any of the lamps which we have, either at the top of the first page or the picture which I didn't show you, none of those resemble the, the Beis Amitish at all. None of them would be kosher in the Beis Amitish. And therefore, uh, there's nothing else to discuss. For the rest of us, we're not done yet, though. So here you have in the next source, this is the Halicha Shlomo. This is from the writings of Rav Shlomo Zaman Oyerbach. It was printed after he was Nifter, but this is uh, what he writes. And he says, mm-hmm. He says, as far as a lighting fixture, or a menorah, let's say, not a lighting fixture, a menorah, which has seven branches, but it's made in a circle or a semicircle, or it's made, let's say, as an X. So again, a different shape from the menorah altogether. So Shomazam would instruct people that you should be, you should not be making and you should not be buying such things. Like the Pischei Tshuva says, that we're dealing with an Isra Daraisa, we have no choice, but if there's an uncertainty or there's a machlokas about it, you got to be machmir. The cave and the Isra Daraisa, being that we're dealing with an Isra Daraisa, so we have to be machmir like those who asr. However, he says, if you see a friend, you're eating by somebody, and while they're making kiddush, you look up and you notice that there's a seven-branched, uh, or they have on their uh, their dining room table, or in the uh, the the uh, uh, somewhere, they have a seven-branched menorah there. So you don't have to go running out of the house uh, that they're violating some sort of isra and just go running out of the house. You don't have to pick it up and you don't have to throw it away for them. You're, they're allowed to go ahead and keep it. You shouldn't have it, but it's not something which is worth protesting and making a big stink if somebody else has it. Yes, sir. I don't, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't recall ever hearing, you know, like in class, in class or anything when you're going, you know, when you're going to buy uh, your, your, candles for Shabbos candles for your wife they should avoid a, a candelabra of seven branches right so I, I have I haven't looked in a while to uh, in, in a store which sells them to see if they sell seven branched ones but they're certainly not going to sell seven branch ones with our which are in a straight line so it could be that the uh, the, the the velt has not adopted Shomazaman's Chubber as far as this mm-hmm. that would seem to be the uh, the conclusion which you'd have to draw that uh, that people uh, don't do that. in the event that we find seven branched ones. I, I don't remember. Certainly, when yeah. uh, you know when they when they uh, you know a couple first gets married, they you know they'll have two, maybe three. Not going to have seven. That already is a little. Not my <laughs> wife. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a little ahead of themselves if they're already on to uh, you know number seven. <laughs> we we had our kids to fill out our candle. <laughs> uh, excellent. <laughs> All right.
by that 15 bath, passenger fan right off the bat, right off the bat, and there with the Hasana money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now right, we'll finally swing around to your uh, your question. So the Shar Mitsuyana Bahalacha. So he went ahead. This is a commentary. It's really not even so much a commentary, but it was written off of the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. So uh, the author, uh, Rav Shlomo Zaman Braun, I think was his name. So he wrote uh, uh, um, his own commentary on Halacha, and he used the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch as his springboard. So uh, so he writes over here, He writes, There you go. Even if it's made also, Steve. Uh, that even if you make a menorah, which is a lighting fixture, an electric lighting fixture, and not burning candles or oil, but electric, that's why I have some parentheses there for those who don't know what chashmal means, electri, nami aser. So even that is going to be aser. De'en shinui beguf ha-menorah atzma. Just because it's electric does not constitute a fundamental deviation from any other seven-branch menorah. Just one menorah has oil holders, another one has uh, candle holders, and this one has light bulb holders. But you still have seven branches, and you're putting something in there which is going to burn, which is going to illuminate, and therefore, being that it has seven distinct branches, so the Sharmatsuyanabalacha quotes this as saying that that's going to be Asr also, that that's also going to be encompassed by this Isr. So according to the Shara Mitzuyana Bahalacha, so that lamp, uh, which I showed you, the lighting fixture at the top of the first page, so that would be Aser, because it's made of metal, it's got seven branches for seven bulbs to, uh, to go in there, and uh, therefore, according to that opinion, you should not go ahead and manufacture or buy seemingly such a thing. But, once again, uh, in case the Sfarnam are still here with us, so Ravavadya says, he says, He says the whole stringency, the whole discussion over here about which, uh, which uh, lamps, uh, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say lamps, which menorahs are going to be included in these restrictions are going to be specifically ones which have neros, meaning that they have a receptacle, which are going to be able to hold oil and wicks. And it has seven branches. He says, if it's electric, and it can't really hold anything other than a bulb, but it's not meant to hold oil or even uh, candles. So he says, even the stringent opinion, he's not holding the by the chavon, but he's saying, of the other opinions, even the Bukhor Shor, who has the most stringent opinion, he argues that even they would say that if it's electric, it's certainly okay. The Chaim Pasuk, and he says that this is what you find in the Chuvas Marche Lev, that when it comes to an electric uh, lighting fixture, Shahaneros, and here he says, Shahaneros Shalahim Zuchuchis, where the candle meaning that the bulb is made of glass. And you can't open up the glass and put anything inside of them. It's closed and sealed glass. It's perfectly acceptable to make a seven-branch electric lamp. Because in order to have a functional basamitash in uh, a functional menorah in the basamitash, there has to be a receptacle which is going to hold the fuel. 
whether it's oil or maybe even if it's a possible, if it holds uh, 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 candles rather than oil, that already may be close enough. But if you don't even have that, you just have a place where the bulbs are going to go in, but it's not really receptacle to hold the uh, the fuel. So that is going to be, that is uh, certainly going to be acceptable, he says. And this is in accordance with the opinion of the Chacham Tzvi, which I didn't show you inside. And he says, you know what? And this is the Marche Leiv writing over here that Ravad is quoting. He says, He says, you know what? Let Yisrael go ahead and make beautiful electric lamps that may have seven branches on them, but let them go ahead and make the donation and let them beautify the shul in that manner. The Romain base alokeinu, because it's going to exalt and elevate the appearance of the shul in doing things which make the shul look nicer, make them look uh, look better. So that itself is a value, and that's going to outweigh the potential chumra which you may want to adopt and say that everything is aser. You don't have to aser everything. Uh, and the, over here, where the the goal is to beautify the shul, so that is a priority which is. Uh, which is very great, and therefore they hold that. Though when it comes to the electric ones, so there's uh, there's no reason to go ahead and be uh, be machmer. So it would seem to be that going back to going back to our menorah at the, the beginning over here. So if I may, it just dropped down. But this uh, lighting fixture at the uh, at the uh, at the outset over here. So it seemed to be that we should say that that's going to be okay. That maybe there's one opinion that uh, that says that, that it's no good the chavalim b'neimim that's uh, brought down by the shar mitzuyana b'halacha, but it seems to be I would argue that even Shomel Zaman would say that uh, this is going to be uh, is going to be permitted. Even he would say only when it's seven branches uh, of oil and perhaps candles, which is in a slightly different shape. Two three two or three one three, some configuration like that. But we don't know that even Rav, even Rav Shlomo Zalman would say that an electric uh, lamp is something which is going to be subject to this uh, this same prohibition. And therefore, it seems that there's a, would certainly be enough basis to say that if that's what uh, you think is going to be uh, look nice in your dining room, and certainly if it's going to be in the shul, which is a mitzvah on top of that, that there will be strong grounds to say that uh, such a lamp is going to be uh, would be permitted. Great. Okay, I have to go. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.